Hello and welcome to another episode of Cheeky Scientist News. I'm Isaiah Hankel and today we want to talk about starting this new year off right in terms of your job search. What did we learn from last year? Well, the biggest story of last year, of course, was AI and how it completely took over the job market. This happened in two key ways. Number one, it gutted the recruitment industry. You wonder why you can't get in touch with a human employer? Well, that's one of the biggest reasons that we don't consider. We think it's because we can't get through the new AI screening systems. And that's true in part, but it's also because up to 40% of the recruitment industry has been let go. Hiring managers, talent acquisition specialists, these positions are one of the easiest jobs to replace with AI in employers' eyes. Now, if you talk to a recruiter or hiring manager, they're gonna fight for their lives, their careers, livelihoods, and tell you this is impossible. You need a human. And you do, of course. You'll need a human at the, at the top of the pyramid. But what about those 10 other humans at the bottom of the pyramid, right? The recruiting sharks, the lower level hiring managers, the lower level talent acquisition specialists, they're being squeezed out or no more of them will be hired, right? So one talent acquisition specialist can handle all of the applications that the AI is screening. And these AI screening, screening tools, they're much better at screening out candidates. They've always been screening tools, by the way. They're not selection tools which means comprehensiveness and complexity added to your resume don't help you. In fact, everything you put on your resume can only hurt you. That's the best way to think about it. Again, very different to be selecting the best resume than screening out as many as possible. Up to 1,900 resumes could be screened out when 2,000 resumes are submitted. And 2,000 resumes up to that amount can be submitted for the larger positions, the larger companies and positions at those companies. So what can you do? Well, you gotta stay on top of the job search process. If you're watching this new show, right, you're looking for a skilled job. You're not looking for a blue collar, right, which is the kind of the slang word for lower skilled jobs. You're looking for a highly skilled job, which are the jobs that are the most at risk for AI. Doesn't mean those jobs aren't gonna be there, but it's gonna be pushed to the top of the pyramid. So you're gonna have to be even better to get into a skilled labor job. We talked this past year about UPS drivers getting $180,000 compensation packages while we have highly skilled researchers in academia getting $45,000 still in like a third year postdoc, just as an example. So what does this mean for you? What do you need to do? Well, let's, let's go over some things that I really wanted to look at, things that just came out at the end of last year and at the beginning of this year for where the job market is headed. All right, the first one is boost job search results by monitoring five key performance indicators. Data is gonna be more and more important to getting hired today than ever before. The number one KPI have at least six meetings in the works with decision ma makers. You don't like to have meetings, you don't wanna network, well, you're not gonna get hired this year, plain and simple. You gotta ask somebody if the job's even available now because up to half the jobs that are posted are ghost job listings that don't even exist, posted by real companies. Equal opportunity employment laws, that was another big story of last year. They're requiring jobs to be posted for months, even if they filled them internally. Okay, so this means, again, a lot of jobs are being posted, they're, they're already filled, there's no intention of hiring for them. And these are new jobs. You used to be able to look at a job that was posted and if it was recent, think, oh, it's a real job. But now you can't tell. The, the ATS will auto-refresh these jobs. So you gotta be talking to people. Have at least six meetings in the works with decision makers. So every week you wanna meet with six people. Ideally decision makers, informational interviews. What does that mean? It means, well, if you're looking at just weekdays, about one per weekday. Number two, target roughly 200 potential positions. We've been talking about this for years at Cheeky Scientist a spreadsheet with at least 200 different companies. It's gotta be a company-centric job search because of those ghost job listings. So make sure that you're targeting 200 of them. If you're looking for the threshold, like what's the number I need to go after at any given time? 200. Now you can apply the 80-20 principle 
and just be going after the top 20, 40 of those at any given time and keep cycling through. And you should be looking at the metrics on LinkedIn or otherwise of who's hiring, actually tracking the headcounts and applying when they're hiring, when they're increasing their numbers. Sounds like a lot of work. Well, do you want to get hired into a great high level skilled role or not? This is what it takes this year. Um, KPI number three, tell your network of about 200 plus about your job search. So on that spreadsheet that I talked about with 200 different companies, you want to find one to two people at those companies. So this says 200, between 200 and 400 people, ideally a two-prong approach. Go after a decision maker, somebody who's like a gatekeeper that makes a hiring decision, then somebody that's in the same position that you want to get into and start reaching out to them. KPI four, recontact at least 80% of your network every three to six weeks. Follow-up is the key. Okay, so if you have 200 people in your network, you want to go through the majority of those, over 150 of them, and reactivate it. It's called putting them on a tickler. That's what it used to be called anyway. Well, like, it's like uh, every couple of weeks you tickle them. This is virtually, of course, by just reaching out, saying something nice, adding some value. So even if you have five years until you get your next degree, you can build up this network and keep them warm, where every few weeks or every few months you tickle them, you engage them, you, you mention something, you add some value in some way. KPI number five, convert 80% of your meetings to another meeting. Is there anyone else you can introduce me to at the company who could tell me more about what it's like to work here, right? Whatever, whoever you're talking to, use that connection to get another connection. Some data that we talked about at the end of last year is how many resumes do you actually have to upload to get hired? Well, data from Zipia showed that, and they did a great analysis here, between 21 and 80 resumes is the ideal number if the quality of the resume is co correct. That means you gotta have 70% plus of the keywords. You don't have to have all the skills, 70% of the skills. You just got to get the keywords in the job posting on your resume. Think of that as like a loose number. And they actually found that the ideal number of resumes, if you want to have a high enough quality, ideal number of resumes per day is two to three. So two to three per, per weekday, that's 10 to 15 resumes uploaded per week, which means you can hit that 21 to 80 threshold. The median was about 50 in about four to five weeks. Great article. So how many applications does it take to get a job from Zipia, right? We always want to give you here actual, tangible, specific numbers so that you can apply and not just say, hey, go apply. Hey, do this better. That's what it takes if the quality is good enough. Everything you need to know about job searching in the digital age. You've got to stay on top of this. We've been talking about this all year. What do you need to do to get hired today with AI screening out so many resumes? I've already talked about that, and this article goes into it. But it also talks about virtual interviewing. You're gonna have an average of five interviews now just to get hired into one role. And most of them are gonna be video interviews. Things that most people don't pay attention to, and we went over a lot of different articles in the past year on this, is their tonality, right? How good is the audio? Not just the video, but how good is the audio? Obviously your body language, right? Do you have the screen set correctly? Are you showing about mid torso to the top of your head? Are you using your hands when you talk? All of these things matter, but also just how do you sound vocally, your pauses? Right, your tonality, are you, are you showing confidence? Are you, are you changing the pitch of your voice as well to convey things? Are you showing excitement by talking a little faster than slowing it down as you talk about things more slowly? Right, just the variation has been shown to lead to getting more job offers. The variation in your pacing, in your pitch. Okay, so vocal control and vocal presence, that executive presence is more and more important than ever. Another big trend, and we're seeing this going into 2024, and many of you will be disheartened by this, but I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be. You no longer need a college degree to work at these seven companies, right? So whatever your advanced degree is, even if you just have a bachelor's degree, it's not going to help you anymore at IBM. That's the first company on the list. Accenture, 
That's the next company on the list. So these companies have actually put into their bylaws not to look at degree levels at all. And this is due to a big, the big push that I talked about previously of equal opportunity employment laws. Whatever you think about this, it doesn't matter, but these companies are making it so that degrees don't matter. So what can you do? You can leverage the transferable skills your degrees gave you. Skills are important, more important than ever before. These same, comp same companies who are saying that, hey, guess what, degrees don't matter. And in, in some sense, they're doing this to placate the whole movement of these broader equal opportunity employment laws but they're still saying skills matter. So what are the transferable skills your degree got you? You gotta to learn to speak that language, whether it's research and analysis, cross-functional collaboration, regulatory acumen, risk mitigation. Uh, do, do you know how to speak this language? If not, you need to learn. Uh, Dell, Bank of America, so just showing some of the sectors here, Delta Airlines, Google, they've all put out statements saying, we're not even gonna look at degrees anymore. Degrees are not gonna help you get hired. It's all gonna be about skills, so you can't hang on your degrees, you gotta translate your PhD into skills, your EDD into skills, whatever your highest level degree is. Eight job search strategies that will help you land your dream role. This is by Daniel Doolin. I like this article as well. Uh, it's a recent article. It really talks about having a strong personal brand, professional branding. Now, we translate this to a digital footprint. It's very easy for employers to find out all your social media accounts you've ever owned, all the other accounts you've ever used, the same username for, the same email, other emails, they can find what private groups you're a part of. They can even find your anonymous threads. This is called not just your digital footprint, but when they find your anonymous threads, it's called your linguistic fingerprint. So they can find one single comment that maybe you gave on Yelp or on LinkedIn or social media, and they can take that comment and they can figure out your linguistic fingerprint, and then they can use different software packages, many at the enterprise level, to go through everything from Reddit to Quora to everything else to figure out whatever you posted anonymously. And they'll see suggestions about the percentage likelihood that you posted it to see what kind of person you really are. This is a, was a big trend last year. We see it be a big trend going into this year as well. Companies are looking for any way that they can legally be more picky in who, in who to hire and how they can find out what kind of person you really are and nobody wants to hire a troll, no matter how justified it is. Uh, another article that I like is how to optimize your end of year job hunting, really going into this year as well. Consider contract work. I'm not a big advocate of contract work, but for certain positions, let's say you wanna get into a highly competitive role, data science, medical science liaison, a role you never worked in before. Getting onto a six month contract is a great idea. Many people, especially for those of you watching this with high level degrees, very driven people, get hired into full-time roles after that. I'm not talking about things like an industrial postdoc internship. Forget that. Just get into the full-time work, right? You've done enough interning to get your degree, okay? Get into the job. Show them what you can do. They're going to keep you after. you got to realize your value. How much more, how, how, just by watching this, you have the work ethic. You have the intelligence that's going to separate you from everybody else. Don't be afraid of contract work. Temper your salary expectations. Look, you got to get out there as soon as possible today. Wages are floating down. They were the highest levels they've ever been. Huge wage push inflation, that's an economic term, happened over the last couple of years due to the great resignation, people being hesitant to return to work. The supply and demand curve, right? It's shifted. There is more people in the job market today than there are jobs, despite what unemployment reports show, right? Because we're not talking about the lower skilled jobs that there's never gonna be enough people to fill anymore, right? Like the manufacturing jobs, the restaurant jobs. Don't insist on fully remote. A lot of us want remote work. You might have to go to the office a couple times per week. 
hybrid, okay? Be open to hybrid work. Even if you have to fly into the company, they'd much rather do that than never see you. Make an effort to stand out and stop blindly applying jobs. What we see these AI software programs doing is that they're connected through APIs, through LinkedIn Recruiter, um, yeah, LinkedIn Recruiter, LinkedIn Talent Solutions, Zip Recruiter, and Indeed, and they all communicate your rejection rate. They give you like a reputation score. It's kind of like a credit score. So if you're getting rejected by a bunch of companies or they're just passing over you, I don't want to see this resume, that's communicated throughout this system. And then all of a sudden, nobody starts, nobody wants to look at your resume. These, these companies don't want to show resumes that nobody else wants to other people. So your reputation score with every rejection, with every passover, goes lower, 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 lower. Right? You also have a reputation score on LinkedIn. It's called an SSI score. That's publicly available. That'll give you a good indication of just what your reputation score is. You can just look up SSI score on LinkedIn. Last couple of things here that we want to talk about. Revolutionize your job search. How AI tools can skyrocket your application success. So use AI to your advantage. It's not going to automatically get you hired, but it can help you. Right? It can save you time. Personalized job matching. So AI tool, the best to use here is LinkedIn. I like this article because it talks about the different AI tools and gives you suggestions for each part of your job search. Step two, crafting the perfect resume. So resume.io, job scan. Step three, mastering the interview. Interview buddy or big interview. Those are the AI tools. Step four, networking with AI. Meetup and Bumble Biz. They both have AI solutions now. Enhancing skills. Coursera, LinkedIn Learning. Organizing your job. I love these. Teal and Hunter, H-U-N-T-R. Step seven, gaining insights to market trends, Google Trends and IBM Watson. IBM Watson's great. We have a lot of, uh, I know a lot of people personally who have gotten jobs there. Great, great software. Building a strong online presence, brand yourself and Grammarly. And then finally, step nine, step 10, finding the right cultural fit, good and co. That's with the and symbol in between. And then Pymetrics, and then finally step 10, Continuous Learning and Adaptation, Udacity, edX. That's all we have for today. If you are starting your job search, I want to encourage you to get a free copy of my best-selling book, The Power of the PhD. You'll also get a two-week free trial of our new PhD resume builder. It's part of our Cheeky Scientist Career Vault software program. And you get lifetime access to our LinkedIn Mastery Ring software that's gonna help you build your LinkedIn profile and make sure that there's continuity between your resume and LinkedIn profile, which is not easy to do because you have to target every resume to each individual position. And your LinkedIn profile, of course, has to appeal to all companies. Just pay $7.95 for the book for printing and shipping and you'll get all of that for free. There are details below. You can click the image below to learn more now. This takes us to the end of today's new show. As always, stay current and keep advancing your job search. I'll see you next time.